Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. This is actually part two of uh, my two-part interview with uh, the uh, founder and CEO of the International Association of Moringa, Mr. Bernard Poitvier. On this uh, part two, Bernard actually dives into uh, basically the logistics and struggles and various chapters that he had to go with in regards to implementing and seeing through his vision for uh, promoting Moringa, not just in Haiti, but throughout the world. A terrific account. And uh, I hope you're taking notes because Bernard is about to drop some gems on you. So, part two of uh, Awaken the Awesome with Bernard Poitvier. Here we go. Right. Uh, right now, the and, you know the moringa market uh, is now at what maybe five or six billion dollars, whereas when it was in 2007 when I was started, it was under a billion dollars. It was probably you know uh, well I know they consumed a lot of India, but on a, on a global scale, it was less than a billion dollars. From 2010, every year it increases by a billion dollars just by word of mouth. So the moment that, and mind you, that probably 70 or 80% of the world population don't know about Moringa. So when it starts hitting like, uh, like, you know, the, on a marketing standpoint, like publicities and advertisement and stuff like that, really going to be big. That was my concern. Once the information floodgates do open and everybody wants a piece of that miracle plant, is Haiti going to be left in the dust? For Haiti, for Haiti, when it grows, we'll definitely earn a great market share. Keep in mind that the numbers don't lie. Even 1% of 1 billion is not chump change. But let's not kid ourselves. Statistics and projections are one thing, but you still at the very end, at the end of the day, you still got to put in the work. Yes, a lot of work, and it can't be done by myself. You know, the way I calculate it, based, because Haiti is such an individualistic uh, 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 culture where people are used with mom-and-pop shops, people don't have a mindset of corporations or associations or doing things together. People would rather open a small pop-and shop, one across, one across from the other. And that's, you know... And you'll see you'll see that all over the place as like some type of black market scenario. But why not why not start thinking in another way where we can just say, look, let's start op- opening corporations and let's start becoming shareholders. If like me, you'd like him to elaborate on that. Keep listening. Instead of having small little boutiques and small little mashan saga or whatnot, let's all put something together. And, and, and create some type of Walmart scenario or some type of, you know, uh, 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 Publix or whatever it is called Fool or something. Whereas people can say, you know what, we're going to open this together, but this department, this sector out of the business is going to be mine. So if, if I'm going to be producing coffee, I want to have this, this exclusivity or at least the upper hand on coffee. If I'm going to be producing uh, plastic, I want to have the upper hand, but we're still with, under the same hat. What obviously came across for me was that Bernard was proning a collaborative venture as opposed to a closed garden type of enterprise. Right, because when I when I created the Moringa Market, I I, I saw it in order for it to be a success. I said this needs to be open source. Every, every study that I you know, mind you, the last ten years, uh, I've spent on average seventy thousand dollars a year. So that's seven hundred thousand dollars out of my own pocket, and just a year and a half ago. I was fortunate to find a great friend of mine who's like my spiritual brother who, who bought a, a percentage of my company. I sold him shares for a hundred uh, fifty something dollars, fifty a uh, hundred thousand dollars. 
and that helped really put things on track. But, you know, mind you, this guy is all the way from Belgium. I've never had, you know, another Haitian approach. me. said, Bernard, you're doing great. You know, you've opened this market for us. You know, this is saving, you know, I, I hear people telling me all the time, hey, you know, my mom is suffering from hypertension or for high blood pressure or cancer or something. And thanks to Moringa, you know, her health is doing better or my father's health is doing better or my brother. They're all coming, to, you know, to say that. You definitely recognize as part of the swan song of any successful entrepreneur. You'll definitely get a lot of acknowledgement and a lot of praise for your efforts, if at all. But one thing will often happen, you'll often see, you'll ask for help or you'll even invite people to join you. And you know what, let's make this happen together. And not a lot of reply or involvement in regards to actually walking through the trenches with you. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. But it's part of the game. But when it comes to saying, hey, let's do something together, let's invest together, let's, let's, how can we collaborate together? I've never really heard anybody or seen anybody come up to the plate or on the table, uh, to the table to, to say anything like that. But I've had a Belgian guy come and do it. No, but the funny thing is, once they, once they start seeing, I would say, the Moringa market really impacting not only on a small scale, but on a really large scale, that's, that's when they're going to be interested. That's where they're going to come with the offers. But, you know, why not do it now? I was letting Bernard know how I was uh, really impressed with his efforts in regards to having to deal with what I can only know from personal experience as the stubbornness of the Haitian mentality, not just in agriculture, but any form of uh, venture that you're trying to implement. You're always going to be faced with a mentality where it's obviously and unfortunately uh, something we're very familiar with, as in the crabs in a bucket type scenario, always trying to keep you down no matter what your efforts efforts, but you still really have to struggle to get out of the mentality and go against essentially the status quo. And uh, even Bernard for himself had to admit how I hit the nail on the head. Right. That's definitely that. Yes, you did. And, you know, that's, that's part of the game. You know, all, all that, all that it makes at the end of the day is more motivation, you know, more work, more motivation to shed more light until they get it. It took the Dominican Republic after introducing the Moringa to the to the Dominican Republic, it took them a year to have several types of Moringa products in all of the Dominican supermarkets. Just one year, there was a market. Please understand what he's saying right now. For the Dominican Republic, it took the better part of a year. For the Haitian market, it took... Drumroll, please. Six and a half years for Haiti to even understand or listen or see the potential of Moringa and to start talking about it. Even after having done my research up to this point, I was even greatly impressed with the vast array of Moringa products available in the Dominican Republic. Again, reminding you, in just over a year. Right. Uh, yes. Uh, in Dominican Republic, you'll find Moringa tea, Moringa honey, Moringa oil, essential oil or cooking oil. You'll find uh, Moringa uh, food supplement powder and so on. Moringa soap, shampoos. And it's just now that you know, in Haiti, you're starting to see a little bit of Moringa being in the supermarkets or stores, health stores, uh, pharmacies. And, you know, now I've made it more of a priority because while I've opened the market and I, you know, a lot of my friends tell me, Bernard, why do you do it so much open source? If you have, if you've done those studies, if you've developed, you did the research and development for Moringa, why don't you keep it to yourself? Why do you share so much information with everybody else? They are they, they, they have a little bit more capital or liquidity 
to invest and to make it bigger than you are right now. So why are you giving out so much info? And that was my whole plan. I said, if I really want to make this a success, I can't keep it all by myself because it has to be a collective movement. I, I just don't want to be, I, I don't want, I don't want to have an exclusivity towards this market. If anything, I want it to really just for, for us to come together and do it together. Way so much information. But at the same time, I, I had I had to lead, I had to lead by example, right? If I want it for us to come together, then I have to lead by example. And at the same time, I said, another thing is, it's helping me with my research and development because when now I find other people and several people from what um, the statistics, I believe, is uh, showing is now that we have 50 companies small businesses in Haiti that are producing Moringa. That was the first one, right? So obviously I succeeded in creating this market. As much of a fierce and dedicated overachiever as he is, Bernard also has the opportunity to show you how the process is also a learning experience at every turn. At the same time, I'm like, I won't, I won't see, I, 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 I can't just look at the negative side of, you know, the naysayers or the laggers, but I have to see the positive side of it. While they are opening their business, I'm also learning from their business. I'm also learning a lot about marketing. I'm also learning about uh, their production and how to improve the production. And all that time, and a lot of people came up to me and said, Bernard, you know, you created this industry. You're Mr. Moringa in Haiti. You know, the president, uh, you know, everybody calls me Mr. Moringa back home. But I'm like, how come, how come you don't have your product yet? We want your product. How come it's not out in the supermarkets or in the health stores and stuff. But at the same time, I said, I do not want to come out with my product knowing that I'm the guy who brought it to the country. If I'm going to commercialize it, it has to be the best in the world. Please acknowledge how the confidence that permeates through those last words is unmistakable. And now I, I can honestly share with you and share with the whole world that throughout the last 10 years of studying and researching and developing we've came to the point where we have the best moringa on the planet. Um, we've compared our laboratory results from Columbia Food Laboratories, which is probably the best one in the United States and one of the best in the world. With, we've compared it with other moringa producers. We've compared it, compared it with moringa producers in Australia, in India, in Africa, in U.S., and even in Haiti. And we're three times to nine times better than everybody else. And we're the only one producing Moringa at that time, at this time, that can actually be in the United States market. Like, it can go through Walmart, it can go to Publix, it can go to Canada, it can go to Europe, it can go anywhere. Versus the other companies that are in Haiti, they're producing Moringa. Some of them are selling Moringa on Amazon, but they cannot go to Walmart because they're lacking on some criteria and some norms, some standards to penetrate the public. And this is, where, this, is, this is where the International Association of Moringa, this is where its vocation comes from. It comes to play because what we want to do is we want to bring our knowledge, our research and development to embrace those companies that cannot penetrate those markets because they lack information, because they lack uh, um, I would say uh, 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 standards 
when you put in 10 years of your efforts and your energy and your time into the ongoing growth and success of such an impressive enterprise, one can only understand how Bernard would want to have only the best people alongside him, helping him wrangle this ongoing puzzle that is pushing Moringa out into the world. On, on my board, on, on the International Association of Moringa's board, I have my mentor, um, who's a world-class banker. He did his internship with the Rothschild with the Rothschild Bank. He knows the Rothschild family. He's a royal. Uh, he's, he's, he, he was vice president of Salomon Brothers. He was uh, responsible for all the hedge funds, for all the alternative investment globally for UBS Bank, Mudebank Suisse. So this guy, this guy is the most brilliant mind and the most successful person I've ever met in my entire life. And Lord knows I've met a lot of people. Uh, he, owns a, he, he, he earned a PhD, two masters, and two bachelors uh he's he he's uh his role his one of his active role is to recruit the brightest minds in the world through mensa international um so um and i've had on, on my board again uh the late robert keady who was chief financial officer of the largest pharmaceutical company in the world uh basf basf is a german-based pharmaceutical company and he was also general manager for Liwako. Liwako is a $1.4 billion company in China who does OEM. That means like, you know, he does, they do products for Ozark Trail, you know, the our outdoor company. You know, so they're the one who actually, Ozark Trail is a subsidiary of Liwako. And um, they do, you know, products for Coleman, for all of these uh, companies that are buying in China to brand, you know, in the U S and other companies. And I was fortunate to meet these, these, these brightest brains, you know, on my journey and to sit down and help me figure out how we're going to make this work, you know, because I remember my mentor, this guy, man, this guy, I mean, his, his family are the founders and owners of, uh, Napa auto parts, Napa Eklund auto parts, which they sold some pairs on uh, the New York Stock Exchange in 1998, they sold, uh, I think, majority of, of the company, of his dad and uncle company, for $11.8 billion. That, that's one of their companies, right? That's just one. And I brought this guy five times to Haiti just to understand and see how we're going to make this a success. And what we've studied, what we came as, as far as numbers, because I love numbers, and I, I'm sure a lot of people love numbers like I do. If we have... 6,000 hectares, which is approximately 18,000 acres, planted in a biodiversified, biodiversity method with moringa, we could generate a minimum or at least $1.4 billion for Haiti's GDP. And that can be generated within four years. Yes, those are actual numbers. These are the numbers. And I have, you know, Moringa is one of the fastest growing trees in the world. There's two ways of planting it, or there's two purpose and purpose of planting Moringa. If you're going to grow the leaves, you can start harvesting from planting the seed in the soil. You can start harvesting within three to four months and you'll start generating tons. But if you want to harvest the seeds, so I, I, I call this principle from seed to producing seed. So from seed to seed within eight to 10 months you have an adult tree versus a coconut trees that take six years, a mango tree that takes six years, 
an avocado that takes four, five, six years, you know, and all these other fruit trees that takes many years where you can have a tree that will start producing within three months to eight months. And not only it starts producing, but it's also partially a nitrogen fixer. So it feeds the soil's nitrogen, which is the number one element that the soil needs to be fertile. And uh, aside from feeding the soil and aside from using it to, uh, um, as a foliar spray, that it acts both as a plant growth hormone or vegetable hormone at the same time as a pesticide. And it's all bio, it's all organic. And aside from that, again, you could use it as food for animals, any types of animals, fish, poultry, cats, dogs, horses, cows, goats, whatever. If I've got a significant amount of livestock to feed, I just considerably cut my costs. It, it's that one plant. And, you know, it, and it combines, like, from what I know, it's like everything, almost, almost everything that you find in fruits and vegetables and meat and whatever, you find it in moringa. And you find it in quantities probably higher than those fruits and vegetables and whatever. But it does beg questioning. If moringa is such an effective plant, so easy to grow, so fast to grow, and so such a uh, terrific organic alternative to livestock and feed, why has it not pierced the market? Why haven't we heard so much about it? Well, you know, uh, there's, there has been a lot of lobbying the last, you know, uh, well, some while ago. There was at least 20 to 30 years of lobbying, like the pharmaceutical industry was lobbying against it. But now, you know, with, like I said, the age of information within internet and everything, there's a lot that you cannot hold back anymore. Um, but the moment I saw that there was hope and that Moringa would, is going to be a huge thing in the world is in 2013, when the Rothschild founded and opened the Moringa Trust. If you, if you look up, you'll find that there's the Rothschild, the Rothschild Moringa Trust. And the Rothschilds, they're the largest owners of uh, the pharmaceutical industry. So there's some type of hope. Needless to say, Bernard does have his work cut out for him. There's still a lot to go. Uh, one thing is um, nowadays, uh, although India, Moringa originates from India, but I hear that they are genetically modifying the seeds in India and uh, even their uh, the term maybe hydrogenating, hydro, I can't remember the exact word, but um, they're doing something to the roots so it could keep consistency and color when they're transforming the leaves into powder. Therefore, we have to be careful with where we're buying our moringa. We have to really be careful and get it from a trusted source. You know, Haiti right now doesn't have those problems. This is what I call the gift and the curse because Haiti has not been exposed to the global market and because we are so far behind it also brought a, a good opportunity for agricultural project uh, products such as moringa to the world and um we did this is one of the reasons that it and it motivated me to create you know um e-commerce website so people from all around the world could go on the I am moringa.com website and purchase the 
best moringa that they can ever put their hands on. Having come to learn Bernard at this point, you pretty much understand how his dedication and his drive is something that is without question. But I've come also to learn, you know, with the different entrepreneurs that I've had the opportunity to uh, meet and discuss with, that us as human beings will always have to contend with this uh, familiar feeling of uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, because even the best laid plans sometimes come into question. And I did ask Bernard that question. Have you ever come across moments that on your journey you'd had to question yourself? like you know hey, is this really the right course of action yes definitely and you know when when it actually uh came to fruition and when you know i got a call from uh, a national tv in haiti the first time i remember saying hey look I, I remember saying man it's been six years and a half and nothing has happened with moringa i'm probably just wasting my time if uh if if the 28th of may of 2013 nothing happens i'll probably have to just go back to the states or go back somewhere and just leave with moringa alone and the moment that i came with this thought the following week i get a call from national television radio tele tele by Filo, and he calls me and said bernard we heard about moringa we heard what great job you've been doing. We want to interview you. We want you to have the first interview in Moringa. And I was like, what? Stay true to your vision. Stay true to your course. If your overall purpose is a genuinely serving one, your tribe will follow. And next thing I get a call from the National Palace in Haiti. They're like, Bernard, we heard you're going on TV talking about Moringa. The president and the prime minister, the president Martelly and the prime minister Lamotte was just in Cuba. And the, pres- the late Castro told them, He's been trying to get in touch with, you know, or get people to grow Moringa in Haiti because it's going to help so much with the economy, with the environment, with health. That the late President Preval that he had first talked to about did not take it seriously, and he wanted Martelly to take it seriously this time. So the National Palace called and said, Bernard, he said, hey, can you postpone that interview for another week because we want to prepare someone from the presidential commission to assist with you on that interview so we could you know do it together like a public private partnership and that's when i regained hope and momentum in a sense and got some support from the government and i said you know if this government can take seriously moringa it's i I think that they care about their people the cynical side of me often says that hope is a silent killer but from bernard's perspective it's obviously a driving force I really feel it. I really do. I really feel it. And um, we, we, although sometimes, you know, people might have, you know, people that might have their own, I would say, objectives or their, their they might be rooting, uh, routing for, um, cheering for, for someone and, you know, or another president or another presidential candidate. But when it comes to Haiti, I think we should just, you know, all come together and just, you know, do something for Haiti, not, because someone is in this political side or that political side. The first and most effective thing we can all do, obviously, is to stay informed. And obviously, the official website for the International Association of Moringa, IamMoringa.com, would actually be your first stop. Um, yes, I, I mean, let's, let's have everybody, everybody go there. I am Moringa, spelled with two M's, I-A-M-M-O-R-I-N-G-A.com. Look us up support us support haiti um you know share with your friends share with your family 
the the quality I guaranteed is the best that you'll find in the world. And this is an answer to several people in the international that thinks that Haiti is a country where only negative things happen. Like, like Trump, for example, although he called us, you know, a hole or a shithole country, but we do have great things that comes from Haiti. Like, you know, our beaches, our mountains, our food, the bananas that you can taste from Haiti. There are, there are no better bananas. The, the, the beaches there are so beautiful. The moringa that we are growing, it's scientifically, scientifically proven to be the best. So just go on our website, iamoringa.com and learn a little bit more about Haiti or come visit whatnot. Just, uh, you know, let's do something. Let's get it out there. As we're coming up to the top of the hour, as always, as I like to hand it out, uh, handle the floor to, over to the guest and uh, a kind word, a, a positive thought, a, a call to action for our listeners. And this was Bernard's take on it. Well, uh, I would say that it, it could always be worse than what it is. Sometimes we think that we are having a bad day, but if we look around us, I'm sure we can see someone else that's having a worse day and that's still smiling. And that's the case. And that, that's something that I've learned growing up in Haiti, where I see poverty all around everywhere. And I still see people smiling when a, a lot of times when I got discouraged, when I was in Florida, you know, uh, with $150 in my pocket, sometimes I didn't even have money to, you know, uh, get, get, get on the bus or the train. And I would always remember the people that were back in Haiti. Haiti sometimes cookies. And I say, but you know, I'm way better than them right now. So it could always be worse. And no matter how, how many times you fall, no matter how many times you fail, just keep going, keep moving forward, you know, uh, align yourself with the right people, the people that are positive, that are uplifting, that are supportive, no matter how big or small your dream is. If you have a dream, you know, if you got to have nine to five to support your dream, whatever it is, just do it and do it in the right way, in the positive way and enlighten others, you know, uh, share your experience or whatnot. Just be a model to other people. That's what I would say. A role model. Such a powerful account from such a fiercely dedicated individual at this point with all the gems of wisdom and fierce dedication that Bernard had to share. What else more can I say? But thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Oliver. It's all my pleasure and I'm honored. I'm truly honored for you to have me on your podcast and I commend you for it. And I want you also to be involved however possible with what we're doing because when we have our resources, our intellectual resources that are abroad, you know, it's, it's, it's fortunate in, in a way, but it could be unfortunate in another way. But I believe it's fortunate if we can still think about Haiti, if we can still promote Haiti, if we could find ways to get our products to go to other places so people can know and enjoy and cherish, you know, beautiful products coming from Haiti. Thank you. And let's all awaken the awesome in us.